Welcome to Billionaire Healthcare, bringing the health secrets of the rich and famous to you. Your host is Ashley Black. We'll talk about what's really going on inside your body and what you can do to take control of your health and wellness. Now, here is your host, Ashley Black. Good Wednesday afternoon, everybody. Um, I am coming to you live from New York City. I literally am looking out my window at Times Square. It's kind of surreal. So if you hear uh, fire engines or people screaming or housekeeping in the background, (laughs) then you'll know why because that's just the way New York goes. Um, So welcome everybody to the show. This is an exciting one and I really apologize. I had to bump it a week last week because I happened to be on an airplane during our normal live show. Um, But we have two guests that you guys should be really familiar with. Um, Kathleen Strauss is in the house today. She is our resident neuroscientist. Um, And then we also have Bart, who's our orthopedic and uh, rehabilitative specialist Um, and we're going to all be chiming in today we're talking about neuro issues and real specifically vertigo Um, so before we jump into this topic because I'm sure everybody's going to go crazy over this one like they always do I just want to make sure that you guys have the resources Um, unfortunately today we were not able to do a live feed on our Fascia Blasters uh, Facebook, but I did want to let you know that in the next couple of days, and we will announce it, we will do a question and answer about this show. So make sure that you listen to it um, and gather up your questions so that we can help you coming down uh, in the future. So everybody today is actually listening right here on Voice America. So first of all, I'd like to welcome my guests to the show who are not in New York with me. Hello, Kathleen. How are you? I'm doing great today. Thanks for having me on. Oh, well, girl, this is going to be the Kathleen <laughs> show. <laughs> and Bart, I'm you good? Check- <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Holding down the fort here in Friendswood. Okay, awesome. Well, I also wanted to tell our viewers, because I know we still have, even without the live feed, we've got tons of listeners. Um, And I think you guys have noticed on the page um, that we've been doing hashtag Ask Bart and hashtag Ask Ashley. And now we've got hashtag Ask Kathleen. So um, it's, it's definitely coming together. We're really pulling our team of scientists together to give you some really um, new, exciting information. So today we're going to be talking, um, well, about a lot of different things. But the first thing that I wanted to jump in and just kind of get down and dirty with is vertigo. Because I hear this word talked about a lot. I think that people really misunderstand what vertigo is, where it comes from, how can you have it for like a little bit of time where other people have it all the time. People only get it in certain positions and all of that. So Kathleen, you are literally the world expert at this. I have seen it firsthand. I've seen people with migraines. I remember the Steve Francis case where he couldn't even play and was getting treated for migraines when he actually had vertigo. I've seen, you know, people stumble into our clinic uh, in helmets because they were, you know, constantly hitting the walls. So I want to talk about all of that. So just give us the Kathleen 411 on vertigo. Well, I mean, first of all, the the um, common the common symptoms of vertigo and dizziness are just so prevalent. I mean, I don't know if people realize. We all talk about back pain and how that gets you to the doctor, and everyone can relate to that. But dizziness itself is second only to back pain in frequency of occurrence taking people to doctors. And that just blows me away because, of course, we're talking about fascia on the Facebook page, and then it's amazing when you just mention dizziness or vertigo or something related to imbalance and how many, many people it affects. So years ago, there just wasn't any answer for that. We didn't know really the difference between the words dizziness and vertigo and disequilibrium and so forth. So it's really even balance. Yeah. So I went to physical therapy school um, in the 80s and um, studied, you know, neurology. It was the decade of the brain. It was very exciting for me to be in at that time, but it wasn't until the 90s really that, that people in rehabilitative fields for brain injury and spinal cord injury and all sorts of neurological disorders started talking about balance. 
So it's a fairly new phenomenon. And sadly, if you don't keep up in the medical field, your doctor could have been to medical school in you know the 70s or the 80s and not heard anything about it at all. Well, what I find is interesting is really, I mean, you just said a, a whole bunch of keywords, and I, mm. I bet Bart was kind of thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like everything from ringing in the ear, you know, the formal word tinnitus, um, to headaches, to balance issues, to occasional dizziness. I've even ha- had people just have like the brain fog. Like, wouldn't yeah. you throw all of that in, in, into the vertigo category? But yet, you when I post that word on our page, people were like, "What's vertigo?" Yeah, so, that's so. Right. Why is that's it so right. understudied or understood or like what's going on that that we don't know this word? It's like it's like the neurology side of fascia, <laughs> you know. Like well, why don't exactly. know about it? That's why we relate so well because our life goal and our life mission has been to get the word out, you for fasciology and me for vertigo and the treatment of, of such. And the, um, people still think that vertigo means fear of heights, thanks to a great movie many, many years ago found in <laughs> black and white that you can see still today um, called Vertigo, you know, that is the fear of heights in this scene of them standing on top of a tall building. But um, the truth is um, people relate to head symptoms with so many words and dizziness is probably the most common one. So the first Mm -hmm. thing when I take phone calls to screen patients, because I won't see everybody that needs to see a practitioner, I try to narrow down what's going on with them. And the most common complaints of things that people have are they'll use the word dizziness, they'll say lightheadedness, Mm -hmm. I feel faint, uh, unsteadiness like you mentioned. and I give them a piece of paper that's a symptoms questionnaire. It has about, oh, 29 words on it. And I have them circle the words that they describe their symptoms because some of them will know vertigo. Now, the word vertigo, or, and some of them won't. So by asking them, you know, circle the words that describe your dizziness. Don't say the word dizzy, I'll say. So vertigo is different than dizziness medically in that it is involving a perception of movement or turning, drifting, or shifting. Um, it's usually a spinning, true vertigo. When I write medical notes, I write true vertigo, which is a true spinning vertigo, either of yourself or of the room around you or the objects around you. So vertigo really should, if used correctly, focus uh, our attention on the vestibular system, which we'll talk more about in a minute. But vertigo includes a perception of movement or spinning. Disequilibrium or imbalance or unsteadiness or loss of equilibrium is the body. So I always say, is it your head or is it your body? You know, that's that's a huge bifurcation. Don't, I mean, that's kind of like, I hate that we only have a minute because I sort of want to go on a rant right now. But those are two very, very different things. And the treatment is very, very different things. You know, when it's funny because Bart and I get the opposite evaluation where we have people coming in, you know, and saying that they're off balance when they actually do have spinning. So I think it's important for our viewers to understand that there's two totally different things. And one of them is vestibular, which is the vertigo. And one of them has something to do more with maybe the mind-body connection, which we can go into the fascia and the neurology and all of that stuff. But we have to take a commercial break right here. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, um, you know, what to look for as far as evaluating and determining, you know, which end of the spectrum that you're on. And then obviously we always... every show give you strategies so everybody hang tight and we'll be right back after this quick commercial break your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness billionaire Healthcare, brought to you by the amazing fascia blaster we believe the body was designed to heal itself families were meant to care for one another and that the connective tissue fascia is vital to human health We believe that society derailed and abandoned the natural trajectory and that itises, syndromes, cellulite, and other issues are preventable. There's just a better way. The inception of that better way starts with the fascia, and the first step is the fascia blaster. The fascia blaster restores the fascia by separating the adhesions at the surface that distort the skin and penetrating those layers that contort and misalign the body. Not to mention, it ends cellulite because it simply doesn't exist. The fascia blaster turns back the hands of time and revitalizes you. Young or aging, athletic or sedentary, men and women, the fascia blaster is for you. 
treat yourself like a billionaire. Become a blaster today. Visit fasciablaster.com. That's F-A-S-C-I-A blaster.com. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Billionaire Healthcare. To connect with our show today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to bh at ashleyblackguru.com. Now, back to Billionaire Healthcare. Happy hump day, everybody. Welcome back to the next segment of Billionaire Healthcare. And we have our resident specialist. Um, you guys, I think, officially are going to be known as hashtag ask Kathleen and hashtag ask Bart. And I'm okay with that. I like being hashtag ask Ashley. So um, anybody (laughs) that has (laughs) questions about this show or anything that we say, please tag us in the Fashion Blasters group on Facebook and we'll be more than happy to respond. Um, I want to speed my mouth up because this next section I think is super important. And I remember when I was starting out and really working in a clinical setting and Bart, you too, I think this kind of information information is pretty mind-blowing. So I want Kathleen to just school us, sister, on the vestibular system and how that thing works, because this is huge. Okay, so um, I wanted to give you, a, again, a, one more information about the, the how common this is. You know, 35% of the adults over 40 will experience uh, a vestibular dysfunction in the United States, and 8 million Americans have problems with dizziness. So everybody listening is going to know somebody who has this problem. So if you listen up, I'm going to help you try to determine um, what kind of doctor your, your, yourself or your family member or your friend needs to see because patients sometimes it, with dizziness and balance and vertigo disorders, the most common thing is they spend three to five years seeking a diagnosis. And it's not uncommon for my patients to see and anyone's patients around this this country, to see seven to nine MDs in different specialties before receiving a proper diagnosis. I saw a patient early in my career that had been to 25 different doctors, and I'm including Mayo Clinic and Johns Hopkins and, you know, the Houston Medical Center, Texas Medical Center, and, of course, all over the world. Well, and Kathleen, I hate to piggyback on that, but you know I had a guy who literally would get on his private jet and fly from Beverly Hills all the way to Virginia to get deep needle acupuncture Mm -hmm. for tinnitus and, and dizziness. And it was yeah. ended up being a fascia issue, trapping that nerve. So I think what you're saying is just so profound. Like we're spending tons of money and people who have this are freaking desperate. They're so desperate. They are. And that's why I think it's such a great topic for billionaire healthcare because we're talking about uh, care and a level of understanding and a practitioner that everybody doesn't have access to. So while your mission is to educate everyone on fasciology, mine is to give access to everyone on vertigo and vestibular disorders. And I hope in uh, partnering with you, we can get this information to more people and teach home treatments in, a, in an effective way. I will say that the Internet is wonderful and it's terrible because it is showing people <laughs> things <laughs> wrong to do so you and I you know um, together feel the need to get good information out there but understanding that dizziness and vertigo like we said are such ambiguous words people see all different kinds of doctors and when um, I try through phone interview or email communication to narrow it down like we said or do you feel a sensation of movement or do you just have a light head because so many many things can cause dizziness even non-vestibular things but today I want to focus on what the vestibular system is and why, how we know it's an ear problem or a brain problem or a problem that needs a vestibular 
aspects yes. like myself. Yes. So, Give us the um, goods, girl. Okay, so here it is. So, so the vestibular system, you have to know what it does first. Let me just say that inside your inner ear, where you put your finger, you can't touch your eardrum yet. Behind your eardrum is an air-filled space that's supposed to, that has little um, bones in it that conduct sound for hearing, and um, that is filled with air unless you have a middle ear infection. Everyone's had a middle ear infection that hurts so bad, and it can become so severe that it causes you vertigo and dizziness symptoms, but certainly that's a terrible thing to do. The doctor looks in your ear and sees your eardrum, and all they can tell from that examination is whether or not you have fluid behind there. Past that air-filled space is what's called the inner ear, and that houses our internal gyroscope. Um, that really is a is the an amazing mechanical... Explain what you uh, mean by that, because you've explained yeah. it to me, and I got it, but that, like an internal gyroscope, I don't know if our listeners yes. know what that means. Can you give them like a vivid description? Yeah, so so you would, it's like our phone does now, or your Wii controller. If you hold your Wii controller or your phone, and it ha- it knows whether you're tilting it forward or aft, or tilting it left or right, or whether you're spinning it around, I think the Wii controller is probably the best thing, because it has a little That's gyroscope. That's a really cool visual, play, Kathleen. I've never heard yeah, that. <laughs> you can play every game based on what you're doing with your hands to spin it, turn it, or tilt it. And yes. inside our brain, we have this Wii controller that feels every motion. Now, the mm-hmm. reason it has to be so super um, exact and calibrated is because it does so many things. And this leads me to tell you what it does. What does this gyroscope do? It does three things. It tells you which way is up. That means it feels gravity. So the only way we know to right our head or to hold our head straight up is because of the inner ear tells you which way is up. People who have problems with that don't know which way is up. They tilt their head, they fall over, so forth. The second thing that internal gyroscope does is it tells you when you're moving versus when you are still. So it could be that my head is moving on my neck, or it could be that the whole boat is moving and my whole body is rocking, you see. So it it feels movement uh, versus stillness. And the important thing I tell people is it feels stillness. That means you can be still and your brain has to know you're still. When it's broken, people feel like they're moving even when they're not. Okay, oh my gosh, that, that to crazy. me is really mind-blowing. Bart, Do you have you ever heard that information before? Yeah, I, I have, and I, I've, I've dealt with vestibular dysfunction from, from brain injury. Like, I've, I've had some, an athlete that had to be taken out of uh, competition completely because we thought it was a concussion, and it ended up, he, like, I found out about a year later after I left the job that it was actually vertigo that was causing his symptoms to last way longer than the initial injury. So I've heard all this before and we, but we don't, even in the the sports medicine community, vertigo is kind of one of those, you have one lecture slide about it and that's it. So you really got to like, someone's got to find you and it's got to, it's, it's a weird diagnosis. Like when I was going through it, I didn't even know, I didn't even know about vertigo. So I feel like an idiot now, but like, I mean, it's, that's how (laughs) a lot of people are. It's just such a uncommon diagnosis and I was wondering, like, what, what kind of differential diagnosis is that yeah. Kathleen usually sees? Yeah, that, that's great. And that actually, talking about the athlete, let me tell you, um, the... That, that's really common, Kathleen, because you and I know when we used to, you know, do a lot of co-treating with yeah. athletes, I would send a ton of them to you. Well, and just throw my hands up because I'm like, I don't know. Well, because it's, it, so you take a professional athlete. This is the third function of the vestibular system. Let's take the professional basketball player who grabs the ball, steals the ball, turns and runs and dribbles. He has to see the ball. He has to then plant his feet and take the shot. Let's say the three-pointer at the end of the game, right? He's, he's looking down. He's dribbling. He's looking up. And then he has to fix his eyes on the net. If you have a disconnect or a dysfunction in your inner ear and that vestibular system is not working, I mean exactly, precisely, okay, a small margin of error there, then you won't have that basket stand still when you fix your eyes on it. It'll shift But you or think you will. That's drift. the crazy part, I think. Yeah. So if you can't fix your eyes in that millisecond on the basket, you can't take that shot in time before the defense comes and takes you down. So that means the inner ear, what I'm telling you is it coordinates your eyes with your head movements. It stabilizes your vision. 
And I think that is the most invasive sort of symptom for high-level people who get bouts of vertigo. They say, I can't read a moving computer screen. I can't focus on things. When you're talking about brain fog, it reminded me of what my patients say, which is brain sloshing. It's like Mm -hmm. when I turn my head, my brain sloshes in my head Mm -hmm. to catch up, meaning the eyes lag behind the head movement. So everything sort of shifts like you're living in this gel. It is... um, but how many people are not symptomatic that actually have issues and just don't know it? I mean, I know you get the symptomatic ones, but I could certainly sit here and make a case that, you know, think about how many people might write it off. Like they just turned their head and they were like, oh, that was weird. Okay. Yeah. So let's, let's, that, that, that would be important. So we're, we are expanding our diagnosis and our treatment to investigate these deficiencies in people with things like attention deficit hyperactive disorders, um, certain neurological disorders we're finding dysfunction, certainly the elderly. When you, even in, in high-level athletes, if they've had a concussion or a near concussion, certainly it doesn't have to be a documented concussion these days. We're well, finding that their primary That's a whole other subject. <laughs> I know, I know. You notice I said that, undocumented, because they don't want to tell. Okay, so the, any athlete that performs at a high level or even at an, an, a and um, recreational level in school or on the weekend, if you take a jolt to the head, that inner ear is the most sensitive part that can be concussed. And it doesn't mean a trip to the hospital, but it means that your eye movements can become a little uh, slow and you can have some of these symptoms without even really knowing it. That's why proper evaluation on the side of the, the field or in the doctor's office after a hit to the head is critical because we're looking at that vestibular reflex. Well, Kathleen, we have we have about two and a half, three minutes till the break. And I definitely want to give you this whole section to talk about, you know, you said there were three very specific things that the vestibular system does. Talk to our viewers like they're your, you know, friends over at your house and you're having a party. And what in the world would they look for in their, you know, doing a self-assessment to even know if this is something that could be causing some of their issues? Okay, great. So in two minutes, quick, if I had a party, I would tell everybody (laughs) to stand on one leg and stand on one leg easy when your eyes are open. Close your eyes and see if you can do it. Okay, that's going to show you that you are, uh, whether using just vision for balance or whether you're using your inner ear for balance. So um, you you wouldn't be able to stand on one leg with your eyes closed if you had a problem, either with your feet, but often with your vestibular system. The second thing would be to stand on a pillow. If you stood on a cushion um, and uh, pull it off the couch and put it on the ground, you can stand on it pretty easily with your eyes open. But close your eyes. If you fall down, you better watch out. Somebody needs to catch you because that's going to be a clear and uh, effective and sensitive test for an inner ear dysfunction. I have one more if I have time. It'd be to look across the room at the clock. Yeah, you got it. Go ahead. Look across the room at the clock. See the clock very clearly when you're staring at it or anything, your computer screen in front of you. Start shaking your head back and forth, left and right, like one and two and three and, and that speed of back and forth movement. Can you still read what's in front of you while your head moves? That's I can tell you, I just about. tried that and couldn't do it. What? <laughs> so you're coming over. I'm, I'm coming back to Texas and we're going to get... <laughs> But that's what I would do with those high-level athletes, and I would do... No, and I think every single viewer should try it, because, Bart, you know, we look at this inbox, and we get all kinds of, you know, things that are all discombobulated as far as sets of symptoms and all these different crazy pains and things, and I just don't think... It's so great that we have Kathleen to help us with this system of the body, particularly now that we know there's a fascia connection to it, which we're going to talk about in the next segment. But everybody should be doing these tests. I think we should film them next week and, um, you know, put it out, put it out for our crew. So um, what a, what a great segment, totally. Kathleen. Thank you so much. Um, we have to go to break. Um, and then when we come back, we are going to talk about how that system of the body, the vestibular system, is so intertwined with Obviously, my favorite subject in the world, fascia. And we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now, your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting. Some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso. 
to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Billionaire Healthcare, brought to you by the amazing Fascia Blaster. We believe the body was designed to heal itself. Families were meant to care for one another and that the connective tissue fascia is vital to human health. We believe that society derailed and abandoned the natural trajectory and that itises, syndromes, cellulite, and other issues are preventable. There's just a better way. The inception of that better way starts with the fascia, and the first step is the fascia blaster. The fascia blaster restores the fascia by separating the adhesions at the surface that distort the skin and penetrating those layers that contort and misalign the body. Not to mention, it ends cellulite because it simply doesn't exist. The fascia blaster turns back the hands of time and revitalizes you. Young or aging, athletic or sedentary, men and women, the fascia blaster is for you. Treat yourself like a billionaire. Become a blaster today. Visit fasciablaster.com. That's F-A-S-C-I-A blaster.com. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Billionaire Health Care. To connect with our show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to bh at ashleyblackguru.com. Now, back to Billionaire Healthcare. Welcome back, everybody. We have such a great show topic today, which is the vestibular system of the body. Um, always, we have Bart Jameson, our um, orthopedic sports resident expert, and we have one of my good friends, Kathleen Strauss, with us, who is an incredible neuroscientist. Um, I want to go back. Bart had a question that we kind of blow, <laughs> blew over a little bit. So, Bart, go back to the uh, differential diagnosis. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I've been treating athletes for years now, and we get all sorts of kind of crazy differential diagnoses, and sometimes I have to kind of go in there and kind of fix what the doctor says. Um, and I know that's got to be going on with the subject like vertigo. It just seems like so hard to diagnose, like you said. So I was just wondering if the listeners out there, maybe they got a differential diagnosis, what, we, what to look for maybe uh, with treatment and all that. Yeah, Bart, um, that's a great question. You know, when I look at differential diagnosis and narrowing it down, I consider first the age of the patient. Um, In young people, the most common causes of dizziness and balance disorders like this will uh, point to something after trauma or after an infection. If you get somebody who's been hit in the head or they've had an upper respiratory infection, that's going to direct us to the vestibular system. If it's a general lightheaded or dizziness, it can be so many things like um, certainly a migraine headache or headache uh, sequelae or different kinds of headaches. It can be hematological, which means the blood. Anemia mm-hmm. can cause dizziness. Diet can cause dizziness, up and down on caffeine, sugars, alcohol, uh, those kinds of things. Salt, those can cause dizziness. Blood pressure problems in the elderly. So if we get the older patient, we start looking at different things. So anybody over 65, I'm not saying that's old because I'm almost there, but it's... Um, we're talking about high blood pressure, low blood pressure, uh, the thing called polypharmacy. That means many drugs. Medicine interaction can cause dizziness and problems um, with uh, balance and equilibrium and even head symptoms. Have we um, talked about other- neck? Yes, you that's guys- where I'm going next. Yep, the neck yep. is the next thing. So the neck, I saved the best for last because this is a huge group of people. Now, sadly, um, I get patients who have done many, many things with their body, seen all kinds of practitioners and want to feel the best they can. So a lot of people have had their neck treated by one or more practitioners of different types. Sometimes that's good. Sometimes that's bad. Sometimes people in practice loosen their neck so much that it's about to fall off of their uh, off of their heads about to fall off of their body. And I mean that with all respect to those who manipulate the neck. Uh, but the neck can't be too loose. The neck muscles, yep. the joints, they have to be firm and stable. 
So hypo- Well, and they also have to be on top of the body. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I get irritated the most about um, is, you know, having the neck loose. Well, maybe you opened a specific vertebrae or, or a particular nerve root. But if the head, which is heavy, you could probably tell us how much it weighs. But if you have a hump in your middle back and your head is forward because it doesn't have a choice, you know, what good does it do to have it be open? And I think this is a big, I actually think this is a big issue. I experienced it personally, um, Kathleen, because when you surf, you have to arch your back to paddle. And then a lot of times you're getting smashed in the face with the wave. It literally is like taking your head back. And I can tell you for weeks and weeks and weeks, I was having the symptom where as soon as I would paddle out and sit up out in the surf lineup after having my neck hit like that, I would get what I would call uh, a brain freeze and and oh, that dizziness. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, well, I, I'm just saying mine happened from surfing, but I can imagine that there's plenty of other sports or activities or just people who drive in a car and have their neck forward or whatever that have that same that same thing, um, and and they wouldn't know whether it was vestibular or or they're dying or they have migraines or you know because we just hear all this you know crap. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's right. Well, it's true, and so let me tell you why that happens and why this is so complicated. Because I have been a proponent of cervical vertigo and its existence for long before the medical community acknowledged it because I could differentiate between the neck being the problem and the vestibular system. But let me tell you why it's so confusing. Because I just told you all these great things that the inner ear does, that it's this gyroscope. But guess what? When our amazing body was created, we know now from even your work, Ashley, that there are nerves and sensations and sensory sensory, uh, receptors in all parts of our body we didn't know. Well, the neck can also tell your brain, is your head straight? Is it tilted? Is it moving? Mm-hmm. Is it not moving? So you have a redundancy built into the neck that it's our second string quarterback for am I moving? Is my head tilted? Mm-hmm. And, and whatever. Um, it even sends messages to the eyes. There's called a cervical ocular reflex, which is like the vestibular ocular reflex. So when I try to differentiate between is it the neck or is it the ear, I go to those eye movements and I try to trigger each one. And we do have some diagnostic tests now that we can differentiate. But that is really new. I see a lot of patients who've been to many, many doctors, it's their neck, uh, because there's something's wrong with the sensory receptors in their muscles, fascia, tissues, joints, right. that are sending messages hey. to the brain that are incorrect about where your head is in space. Yeah, no doubt about it. I have something really good to add. I kind of just had an aha moment. So you were just talking about cervical vertigo. I remember back in school when we were learning neck manipulations, they always were worried about the the vestibulo-basilar insufficiency, the VBI. Yes, yes. Is that, that's connected, correct? Usually so. It is, so. So for treatment, so I, I was taught when you're always supposed to be worried about the VBI, which is just a decreased blood flow to the brain from a vein in yes. the neck. Um, and I've seen it where I, I mean, I've had a couple patients where I just did some neck stretching and some just light fascia treatment on those traps and scalenes. And they have, sometimes they have a complete, they'll get dizzy and then they'll, they'll go away after five minutes. And I just remember going through school like, we had we talked about it, but they said to pretty much never look for it because you're it's too uncommon. Well, let me clarify that. A couple of good things you said, because I think that's just super important for people fascia blasting around their neck. Um, Ashley, you've done a terrific job warning people about the carotid artery in the front. But remember, arteries are protected deep within our tissue for a yes. reason. So you're going to touch the, you know, the um, jugular vein on the front of your neck, but you're going to have to dig to feel the carotid artery. Yes, you can feel your heartbeat there, but it's not superficial. Same with this vertebral basilar artery. At the back of the neck, this is an artery, but it is the most protected. It's more protected than the carotid artery, of course, because it goes to the vestibular system, my favorite thing. It is so protected. <laughs> it actually... <laughs> I know. We're all going to break out in, like, it's like Broadway today. <laughs> vestibular. <laughs> so the, the vertebral basilar artery is what 
gives blood to the back of the brain. The mm-hmm. carotid artery gives blood to the front of the brain. Okay, now that's a simplified explanation. I know people can say, well, they share and there's a circle of Willis. I know all that. But in yeah, general, in general, the, the carotid goes forward and the vertebral basilar artery is the primary source of blood flow to the inner ear which we know is balance and equilibrium and eye movement coordination, and the cerebellum, what's the cerebellum? Coordination of the muscles and, and the eyes and the synchronicity of muscles when they turn on and off and all these mm-hmm. things, okay, and the brain stem, which is where the vestibular nuclei are. That's like the internal computer for all this coordinating cerebellum. And, but I think what uh, you're saying is so important, for fascia blasters specifically because we are kind of stirring this stuff up and the fascia blaster I tell people all the time yes it can cause headaches the detoxing can cause headaches sometimes just creating swelling in the neck you know and then not distributing it out can cause it but it also sounds like there's some really scientific things that can can cause some temporary symptoms from fascia blasting in these you, areas. But I want to tell you, yeah, but I, wanted, I want to give some calm, okay, to say that you're not going to be touching this vertebral basilar artery with fascia blasting. You will not because it no, is supposed deep. to be deeply encased in bone. And the reason it gets pinched with insufficiency that Bart's talking about is because of arthritis in the neck that can be so severe. Stenosis. Stenosis is the word. Stenosis means narrowing and the spurs that Mm -hmm. dig into that. And so when people have a really stiff neck, after multiple uh, head uh, trauma or from the sport they choose where they're bumping their head into something or someone over and over again, you know, the neck um, bone gets overgrown, and so it can disrupt that artery. So certainly that's a... um, uh, end of career finding, especially in retired athletes who hit the, who bang their head a lot or are linebackers or whatever. Um, but in in the general population, um, that stenosis can show up um, anytime. You know, over twenties or thirties, you start to see it in the unusual cases, but more commonly in the elderly. Um, the fascia blasting and the symptoms you got, you have when you're working on your neck and the back, those are because of the tissues, just like you said, Ashley. They have so many. And, and Bart, you've, you've, you did a beautiful job with your scientific research talking about uh, mechanoreceptors in the muscles and in the fascia. So we're going to have some symptoms of dizziness and so forth with blasting when you're really jacked up in that area because of the mechanoreceptors in the muscles and fascia of the head and neck. Remember, I'd like to just – sorry, Kathleen. That's okay. And by the way, traffic directing here, you got about 30 seconds, Bart. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like you're you're relearning an activity again. You've increased the neural connection, the the blood flow, it's loose. And now that's why I always say to activate after doing it because you have the increased nerve and it's just the body is craving a stimuli now. So now you have to give it to it by activating the muscle, by stretching, just just anything to activate the what you just treated, well, that's how you get the best results. I keep telling that to people in the group. Yeah, I want to talk I love about it. that. I, want I to love talk it. About some and we're after. all talking about the same thing. I mean, this goes back to the Rakowski show and everything else. It It is every piece of food you put in your body. It's the fascia blasting. It's the activating of the muscles. It's the posture. It's all of that. I just want to make sure when we come back for this last segment that we talk about um, not just those were really cool test that Kathleen gave us but if somebody has a true vestibular problem I want to make sure that they know the difference and know how to get to the right uh, resources and then for sure you guys at the end let's just wrap it up with that fascia connection so uh, we'll go to commercial break and as soon as we come back we'll jump into those topics so be ready your life your health your network you're listening to voice america health and wellness Billionaire Healthcare, brought to you by the amazing Fascia Blaster. We believe the body was designed to heal itself. Families were meant to care for one another and that the connective tissue fascia is vital to human health. We believe that society derailed and abandoned the natural trajectory and that itises, syndromes, cellulite and other issues are preventable. There's just a better way. 
The inception of that better way starts with the fascia, and the first step is the fascia blaster. The fascia blaster restores the fascia by separating the adhesions at the surface that distort the skin and penetrating those layers that contort and misalign the body. Not to mention, it ends cellulite because it simply doesn't exist. The fascia blaster turns back the hands of time and revitalizes you, young or aging, athletic or sedentary, men and women. The fascia blaster is for you. Treat yourself like a billionaire. Become a blaster today. Visit fasciablaster.com. That's F-A-S-C-I-A blaster.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Billionaire Healthcare. To connect with our show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to bh at ashleyblackguru.com. Now, back to Billionaire Healthcare. Welcome back, everybody. This last segment is going to be like a marathon. So I'm going to let Kathleen jump straight in. Um, for all of our listeners that are hearing this, I know it's kind of like going on WebMD and going, oh, my God, do I have that? <laughs> so I want you to to give our listeners a way that when when do they need to reach out to a vestibular specialist? And um, let me just say, first of all, Kathleen is you know, checking the hashtag Ask Kathleen on our Fascia Blasters Facebook page, and she can kind of direct you from there. But in addition to having access to Kathleen, what do they need to look for, and when do they need to go see a specialist? Great. So if you have a sensation of movement when you're sitting still, that is a, that is a, um, a positive. I'm going to talk about the positive signs when you need a vestibular specialist. If you feel like um, you close your eyes and you can't tell which way is up, okay, that would be an indication of that. If you turn your head back and forth, like I said, and you can't see clearly while you're turning your head, that's a positive. Um, also, one of the most common kinds of vertigo is benign positional vertigo. A lot of people have heard of this. It's not when you drink too much and you lay down in bed and the room spins, although that is your vestibular system. This happens to people when they lie down or roll in bed and everything turns around them. It can cause you to vomit. It can cause mm-hmm. you to fall on the floor, and it just won't stop. Um, and it, well, I mean, it will stop after seconds to minutes. So benign paroxysmal positional vertigo, we call it BPPV. It's the most common form of true spinning vertigo that people will mm-hmm. have. And it can just come out of nowhere. Certainly I could dig and find out and give you some possibilities of why it's happening, but I mean, that's the most common thing. So... If you feel any of these symptoms, I'm going to refer you guys to the primary site of information um, in the world, and that's the Vestibular Disorders Association. You find it at www.vestibular.org, vestibular.org, and that link will be posted in multiple places. But um, the Vestibular Disorders Association operates um, globally to provide information and support and advocacy for people with dizziness and balance disorders. There are so many more. I have a list of 12 diagnoses of vestibular problems that I wanted to talk about today, of which there's not enough time, obviously. But the word dizziness and vertigo is a symptom, like saying stomachache. I always tell people, okay, you have vertigo, so you have a stomachache. What's causing it? So the mm-hmm. same thing. Vertigo is a symptom of a disease, of which there are many. The vestibular disorders Association will help you as a patient um, focus in on what you might have based on what your symptoms are because there are multiple things. And the reason diagnosis is important is because obviously the, the treatment depends on the accuracy of the diagnosis. That is my soapbox in life. I always <laughs> I feel like I'm, 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 I feel like I'm a human BS meter because <laughs> I hear so many diagnoses. And it's like, how in the world are we going to treat, fix, and ongoing get rid of stuff if we don't get what is actually going on? So I think that Let is me tell huge. You. Let me tell you, actually, early in my day of uh, doing particle repositioning or actually curing benign positional vertigo. I yeah, I've seen it. 20, I've seen you do 20 it. people in the world who cured this disease 25 years ago. 
and it was really unusual. I had doctors tell me, you're a witch doctor. How do you know what you do actually works? You've heard all these same things, Ashley, I know. And I would say, well, if I did it on every single dizzy patient that comes in the door, you're right. My uh, efficacy or my uh, my efficiency rating would be 50%. But if I can diagnose exactly, my efficacy on treating benign positional vertigo is 90-something percent because I'm not going to use the treatment when it's not the problem, and I'm, not, I'm going to act, uh, diagnose accurately. So how does one get diagnosed accurately with a vestibular problem or vertigo or dizziness problem? I would recommend that you go to vestibular.org, take a look at some of the things. But one of the first questions we ask or we want to know is, is it your ear or is it your brain? Okay, mm-hmm. if, you think it's your, your ver- if you think you have vertigo and you think it's your inner ear, a good place to start is an ear, nose, and throat doctor. But I would tell you that they don't all like to see inner ear problems. A lot of them will do ears, middle ears, ear infections, noses and sinuses, and throats and tonsils. So you want to find an ENT who has a particular interest in the vestibular system. They actually can have an additional So they could Google, right? If they yes. Google vestibular EMT doctor, they're going to have a much well, better chance. Mm-hmm. Even better than that, Ashley, vestibular.org has a list of practitioners. It's going to say find well, there you a go. provider. And that's what you want to do because that person has a particular interest in treating dizzy patients. And that's what you want to do. You don't have to start with an MD. You can start with a physical therapist or occupational therapist or provider of vestibular therapy. I am known to be extremely responsible in directing patients to the right doctor based on what I think is wrong. Okay, you're the, so, B, you're the BS meter too. I get it, which is great <laughs> yes. because I love having you and Bart and everybody else that's contributing because it is. It's like we're directing traffic to the proper yeah. resources at this point. So I wanted to go back. Um, I feel good about that. I feel like we are going to get people where they need to go. And I think there's a clear line in terms of, you know, what things they should be seeking help for if they're feeling it. But I want to go back to what Bart was talking about in the mechanoreceptors. And just briefly, we have about five minutes, talk about how important the fascia system is to all of this. Yeah. Well, Bart and I have had the opportunity to work with a patient of mine, and it's been a blast because we've been having our nerd meters just going overboard as we understand how posture and positioning of the head on the body relates to equilibrium and balance and even gait or walking up straight and not falling down. Falling is a huge problem with people with vestibular and balance mm-hmm. disorders, but you touched on it when you said, where's the head on top of the body? Um, certainly, the fascial lines uh, that we've talked about before, whether they be superficial or deep fascial lines that go from head to toe, have to be able to allow the head access to sit on top of the spine and the shoulders mm-hmm. in the way it's supposed to. But furthermore, the, those deep fascial lines and your soft tissue has to allow your shoulders to sit over your hips. Okay, and then over your ankle. So it is the head-to-toe understanding of that. You can't stack blocks on the floor and stack them um, off balance and expect them to stay there. They're going to fall with just a breath or a a tiny blow. They're going to fall. Yeah, everybody's like a a Jenga puzzle out there wondering, yeah. It is. It is a Jenga puzzle, exactly. So I look at that. Um, And you're not going to restore normal vestibular function and normal equilibrium without a some of those postural problems. So in these cases, um, when you talked about what, what do we tell people after fascia blasting, if we can restore proper alignment of the head on the shoulders of the hips over the ankles the way they're supposed to be in a normal line with, re- with normal length of fascial tissue, um, we want to use a fascia blaster and then we want to activate, like Bart said, Bart, how do you have people activate um, after that? I mean, I know what I would tell them to do. But well, I want to do, activate. for sure, just because we have such limited time, I want to make sure that I get a huge plug right now. We yes. are going to take this whole show um, and play the audio um, either in, at the end of this week or at the beginning of next week, and we'll announce it. Don't worry, we'll announce it on the page. But what we'll do is we'll basically go through all of this stuff visually and take a Q&A while we replay the show because I think that I'm sure our listeners are just chomping at the bit to to get a little bit more deep. And I think it's real hard to do it on the radio because you kind of need that visual, don't you think? You do. 
Mm-hmm. I, I guess I really one of my biggest questions, and we only have two minutes, Kathleen, but I'm just so curious, is are, are these, can these vestibular things, like so going back to the Wii remote, can they fix themselves? Meaning if, if the food was on point, the alignment was on point, the blood flow was on point, can they fix themselves? Or do these, when, when our Wii controller gets out of whack, do we have to have someone put it, put it back on track for us? Okay, great, great question. So certainly a number of people who come with a healthy body, a healthy uh, system in the way you described, can recover. Most commonly, they can recover 100% if a virus attacks their nerve or their inner ear. Mm. So if you get that inner ear infection, you go to the doctor, you get a medicine to stop the nausea and vomiting, and um, after the symptoms are gone, the vestibular system might be damaged by that virus. But if you continue to move and you're aligned properly and you use your eyes, you use your balance, you walk and run and do exercise, then you will recover normally. And up to 100% uh, you can expect. We know this from our animal studies as well, that if you allow the animal to move, it will recover vestibular function because we have two systems, a right and a left. So you can almost mm-hmm. take out completely one side and your brain is so amazing, it can adapt 100% provided you have a perfect system to start with. Because people Well, don't. I think That's we, we have busy. 30 seconds, so I hate to interrupt everybody. And Bart, I know your mind is going ballistic, which is which is so okay. awesome about us having our own, um, you know, channels that we can use. <coughs> Excuse me. But I just want to sum up by saying I think that this is something that just needs to be added to the whole fascia blaster paradigm, the whole hybrid health paradigm. And as I move forward and become more and more public, as you guys know, a lot of stuff is happening with, you know, the books and the press and all of that. Kathleen, I, I you know, I love you. I've adored you for decade. Um, I, I just cannot say enough about how cool this is and how this integrates. And I just feel like we have a total package here by adding just another awesome piece to this whole Thanks. So thank you for bringing that knowledge to us. Um, And then Bart, it's on me and you and Kathleen to go out and write these protocols and get it in an app and get it up on line and all that, which we are going to do. Don't message me about it, though, you people. This takes time, energy, effort, and money, but we're doing it. So anyway, thank you guys so much for for joining me as usual. And um, this really is just kind of a teaser show for all the things to come. So um, again, if anybody has questions, they can do an hashtag ask, ask Kathleen on the um, Fascia Blasters group, Bart, he's hashtag ask Bart. And of course, you can always reach out to me. I'm here for you. This is all of our life mission is to help make each person who is listening to the show's uh, life better and, and to educate you. So thank you both of you for being a part of today's show and we will be back for another edition same time same place next week next wednesday everybody have a great week thank you for tuning in this week billionaire Healthcare with ashley black can be heard live every wednesday at 10 a.m pacific time and 1 p.m eastern time on the voice america health and wellness channel this week be the best you 